Welcome to the Rest, Eat, Move podcast by On Target Living. Well, let's get started with our uh, podcast. Uh, today we're going to talk about cholesterol, and uh, we've talked about it before. I think we're going to talk about it in a different way. You know, whether you're 25 or 65, um, cholesterol is something that I think we all should know more about. It's you know, something that makes life, that helps with hormones. But we're going to talk about it in a different way because I truly believe most people think, ah, I want to keep my cholesterol low. And if you're a young adult, you probably not, aren't even worrying about cholesterol at this this moment. So let's dive into cholesterol. I'm here with my, my father, Chris Johnson. So we're going to have two different um, ages talking about a subject that I think is, is something that needs to be talked about more. But let's start with cholesterol. What is it? What does it do? Well, again, as you open it up, the first mindset is if you ask whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, let's just ask like what you're saying, what is it? What does it do? Cholesterol is a hormone. And if you looked at the top of a pyramid, it makes your sex hormones and it makes your stress hormones. So right off the bat, you're saying, wow, it's important for hormones. Yeah, it's, it does both. So if you're trying to have better testosterone levels or understanding cortisol, the stress side, but cholesterol is the raw material. That's what makes hormones. And as you know, um, you have three young children. And when Holly, your wife Holly, got tested, um, which wasn't it, she got her cholesterol checked when she was pregnant for as, and it was off the charts. And by mistake, they tested her cholesterol. Well, cholesterol makes life. So as you're making life, that's why they don't test pregnant women it's because it's going to be up. And then as the end of life, it basically disintegrates. So you said it's a hormone. It's not necessarily a hormone, but it is the backbone to producing. And yeah. So you kind of hormones. consider it's considered kind of a hormone that it, it's the raw material. It's some type of messenger and a hormone's a messenger. And without cholesterol, there's some messages that don't get sent. Yeah. And, and it, the big thing that cholesterol does really besides hormones, it heals the body. So every cell in the human body is cholesterol. And if we didn't have cholesterol, our cells would become like a, you know, if you poured a flat pancake. Yeah, it'd be like a flat pancake. So that's, it does a lots of good things. So we'll get into deeper, but I remember as I was probably, I don't know, six to 10, somewhere in that, um, you were always asked, what does your dad do for a living? And I'd say, well, he helps people unclog their arteries. I think a lot of people visually think cholesterol equals like toothpaste in a tube of your vessels. Um, is that true? Is, is just their toothpaste stuff flying through our vessels? And what is, I mean, what does it yeah, look like? Yeah, it's a waxy substance, but that's what everybody's concerned about. And that's the scare forever. I mean, we can talk it all day long and we still add on to our living. We still have people, they still are afraid that it's going to clog their arteries. In reality, the real fact is about 65 to 70% of all heart attacks occur with normal cholesterol levels. So there's other factors. So again, you could have an imbalanced cholesterol profile. We'll talk about balanced or unbalanced, but cholesterol is not the big boogeyman that's causing people to have a heart attack. And again, if you looked at the number one medication in the world today, 
still today is statin medications that lower cholesterol. So again, it's really rampant. If, if you came to your doctor, or I came to your doctor, and you don't really have a great conversation with your doctor, and if it got over 200, they probably would prescribe something to lower your cholesterol. So this is probably a good spot to say, we're not your doctor, we're not trying to diagnose, prescribe. We're gonna have a conversation today around cholesterol, educate you or whoever is around you around a subject that is very misunderstood and we've actually spent multiple times educating doctors on how to help people lower their cholesterol or have a conversation about lowering cholesterol because it's part behavior it's part science and part of it i believe is um, some bad thinking that's we've done in the past so let's continue down this path as cholesterol is um, you know kind of the backbone to our hormones it's a waxy substance it transports nutrients um, it helps to uh, absorb vitamin d3 that's a big one why don't you talk about that a little bit well again you go through the whole pathway it for again so we always say it's not what you put in the body it's what your body can break down and absorb and so just because you take a a vitamin D supplement or you take magnesium or calcium, whatever, if you don't have, you know, synergistically in the body, it's hard for the body to break down and absorb. For example, it's hard to absorb calcium if you don't have magnesium at the party. It's hard to absorb vitamin D3 if you don't have cholesterol at the party. So, you know, the challenge is when people take a cholesterol-lowering medication, they don't think nothing about it. I can still eat crumb in, and, but you're going to other have other cascade problems, including D3, and so that's the challenge that people need to be more educated about what cholesterol is, how does it work. And um, I always tell people cholesterol is amazing because it makes life. So if my body gets out of balance, then your body's going to produce more cholesterol generally to, pr to get it back into balance. But the key is the balance. And we talk a lot about cancer. When somebody has cancer or an infection or a disease, what happens to cholesterol? Well, many times when you see cancer, you see cholesterol plummeting. And so when you start seeing people that have, and I've seen this with some of the people that have come to see me, that their cholesterol level is extremely low. That's a big red flag. And so again, once low it starts hundreds. get under 100 or getting in the low hundreds, um, that could be an issue because now the body's kind of falling apart. And it may not be cancer infection, but it may be, oh my gosh, now I need hormonal replacement. I don't have the energy. My testosterone's... Uh, not where it yeah. Once so was. before people jump on a bioidentical hormone replacement, I always go right to the top and like, hey, let's talk about your cholesterol, and how do you how do you get that more imbalanced? And the higher cholesterol, generally, and we'll get into this in a second, but the higher it is in balance, I'm 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 dancing in the street. So I had a good interview with uh, Dr. Jeffrey Bland, probably a year and a half ago, and he was talking. We were talking about some of the myths and the things he sees, and he was talking about cholesterol as a a marker and we were talking about functional medicine and how we can check how people are functioning and he just kind of mentioned you know cholesterol is one of those markers that we have that it's not really a disease indicator it's really just something that we think of as heart disease and we started to mass um, put metrics around this number and the heart association all these people got together and said this was the issue and he said, well, the, the myth or the confusion around cholesterol is cholesterol number, total cholesterol, is what it is at your, this current moment because it's what it needs to be. 
And I thought that was really interesting. And what his point was is cholesterol is essential and it's going to do what it needs to do to make sure that you're working as well as you are. Now, if you have tons of damage, inflammation, oxidation, you're probably going to have higher cholesterol that's trying to fix and heal the body. So his point is it's not that cholesterol is high or low or imbalanced. It's, it's doing its job. And so the real answer to lowering cholesterol or balancing cholesterol is to go after the source of the problem. What do you think about that as an explanation? It is what it is. And one last little side note, I had a client this week who's scared to death around her cholesterol. And what I said is your cholesterol may have ebb and flow throughout the year. Why? Well, in Michigan, in the northern states, we don't have a lot of vitamin D3. Ding, ding, ding. Cholesterol helps with vitamin D3, so wouldn't it naturally make sense for cholesterol to rise in the cold months and then fall in the winter months? And so when people get their cholesterol checked once a year, there's other factors that are going on, and it is what it is. Yeah, and I think the big thing you're talking about right now, and again, with your interview with Dr. Bland was great, that it does ebb and flow, but we just got to go back to what does it actually do? And if it is out of balance, we'll talk about that in a second, then you got to say, well, my body's probably out of balance. And so back, you know, I always tell this to people like, I'm, and as you mentioned, I'm not your doctor, but I, I've done this for 35 years. I've never had anybody not get off their cholesterol medication working with their doctor, but you got to start asking the right questions. Should we have the attorneys listen to the podcast first? <laughs> no, I mean, it's... But we you can know, only... you got to state fact, working with your doctor, if you're yeah. willing to get, you know, make some of these lifestyle changes, there's no need for a cholesterol lot of medication unless you've had a heart attack. So I'm 35 and I have um, life insurance. I have three kids and I think that's an important thing. And I got my life insurance. I had my blood tested to be the, um, uh, what's it called? The premium, premium plus of you know, risk. So I, I'm paying a lower premium. And, uh, but my cholesterol was 205 and my balance was beautiful and my other numbers are beautiful and I have no symptoms. But when it comes back in this pamphlet, it's red. And, you know, that's where we're going to go to next. What causes it to be unbalanced? But um, to start today, we really want to talk about what it does because once we understand what it does, it really doesn't make sense that we can just say, oh, at this number, it's bad or at this number, it's good. Because we've seen people in this come in to see us with a cholesterol that on paper looks perfect, but it's not doing what the body needs it to do. Yeah, so again, if, if you came in and your testosterone level for both men and women was extremely low, I might ask, are you taking a cholesterol lowering medication? And the answer many times is yes. I don't think people would be so interested in signing up for a cholesterol-lowering medication if it's going to mess up with their hormones. So we have to just step back and go, wow, you mean that's affecting my testosterone level? Or, you know, yes, of course it is. Or the newest research that the higher your cholesterol is, the longer you may live. Yeah, there's, there's, that's out there. So we now know that if cholesterol is higher in balance because it makes perfect sense. It makes hormones. And again, it makes life and it makes cell membranes. It made as, made yeah. Hadley. Made them all. So, <laughs> so let's, let's number two here. So we kind of, big picture cholesterol, I'm going to use this word, is not only essential, but it's amazing. But it, it, there's some other factors. So what causes cholesterol to get out of balance? So imagine you having, uh, you're building a house and you just decided to put a big hole in the drywall. 
and the body's going to heal it. So that's the cell. So the cell's going to try to be healed, and here comes the raw materials, and that's going to be your HDL and LDL to heal the wall. HDL would be the, um, the cleaner, the sweeper, and the LDL is going to be the spackler. So they work together as a team, not really one being better than the other. They just work together as a team. So the LDL is going to be the drywaller and the HDL is going to be the person sweeping up the debris. They work and they work together in, a, in, in tandem. So cholesterol in a simple sense is really a, a fixer, a healer. Fixer. Yep. So cholesterol, if you said, what's cholesterol do? Number one, it heals the body. So and you said it right. It is where it should be because that's what it's doing. So if I, for example, let's just say I had extremely high LDL in this situation, probably an indication that I may have tons of inflammation, that so-and-so damage. That whole yeah, so wall. when people have a cholesterol out of balance, generally their life's out of balance. They're not eating right. They're not sleeping. They're not moving. They're probably deficient in omega-3 fats or vitamin C or all of this stuff that can help make cholesterol get back into balance. And that's the beautiful thing. When you start bringing that to the party, then cholesterol starts getting back into balance. And again, there's some markers we'll talk about as we go today, but that's what happens. So when you put the body in a better position where it doesn't have that inflammation, it starts to do what it's supposed to do, which is really cool. Is there any thing that you can point to, one specific thing that you see over and over that leads to an unbalanced cholesterol? Well, again, it's 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 how we eat. It's you know, am I getting enough rest? You know, is my stress levels out of control? I've seen amazing transformations when people start changing how they breathe or they really pay attention. To they're sleeping. They didn't think that had anything to do with their arteries because it's just food related, right? Just food related, correct? It's a plumbing problem, which is not. So that's really where you wake them up, and then you're like, what are you missing? Well, you have no omega three fats. And omega-3 fats are some of the raw material that help to balance cholesterol profile. So when you start putting these things in place, then cholesterol gets back into balance and um, you have much more control over it. And that's what I think more and more people are looking for is to be able to control their personal health. So it, it can become out of balance many different ways. But number one, it's probably because your life's out of balance somewhere. And so then you say, okay, you got two options. You want to fix the unbalanced or the holes in your lifestyle, or we we can do a medication approach. And so what we're kind of talking about is we, we've worked with a lot of people that if you're willing to make some changes, the body actually will start to correct. And I don't know about you, but when I work with my clients, I kind of tell them this is a fairly simple fix. And intentionally, sometimes I say easy. It's not easy, but it's very simple. Doesn't mean that there's not reasons for the other route, but yeah. for most time, it's very it's door simple. number one or door number two. And you can you can understand the health professionals. It's not fair to come in with these problems and think they're going to fix you in a ten to fifteen minute. I mean, look how long it's taken us to kind of set this up. So if you come in with broken sleep and high blood pressure, your cholesterol is out of balance, you're probably going to be medicated. So let's go into that. So let's talk about statin medications. Um, before we talk about statin medications, what they do, and you'll probably cover this, um, you know, cholesterol is one of the backbones to this pathway called the steroidal hormonal pathway. Okay. And so I'm saying that because when we ask, what does a statin do? What does a statin do? Well, statins are going to block the production of cholesterol by right at the liver. 
And so that's going to mess up this pathway called the steroidal hormonal pathway. Correct. And it's going to mess up many other things, including, you know, we're having brain issues. Nerve issues. So you have nerve issues. So again, back to the cell, because that's what it makes. So you start interfering with Mother Nature, and one of the things you interfere with Mother Nature is the, the myelin sheath. And then the next thing you know, I'm having issues with memory and increased uh, chances of uh, in, you know, faster dementia that people are now being afraid of. And that's what you're seeing more and more. Or am I, I can't barely move, my body aches all the time, or you know, it's putting more stress on my liver and my kidneys. And then, oh, by the way, when you're taking a stat med, it blocks production of CoQ10, which is the most That's powerful part of that pathway. Part of the pathway. Which so you can't just block or lower cholesterol. You <laughs> block a pathway that's responsible for Correct. many, many, many things. And many so things. That's to not say we're not just saying blanketly stat medication is the problem. The problem is the side effects because the way a stat medication works. So the number one benefit of a stat medication for everybody out there is not that it lowers cholesterol, is it lowers inflammation. Because that's the key. Everything. So I'm going to lower my cholesterol. That's actually a that's a side effect of statin meds. You do not want your cholesterol to be low. We just talked about the reason you want your cholesterol. So that's the side effect of a statin med is it lowers cholesterol. <laughs> Reality is everything. That's what it does. Well, yeah, that's what it does. But that's a side effect. The real benefit of a statin med it lowers inflammation. So that's why we don't really recommend. Again, back there's to different ways doctor. to lower inflammation. Yeah, and back to your doctor, like. If you think about statin meds, the goal is the only reason you'd ever want to take a statin med, if you're willing to change your lifestyle, again, to make that clear, is if you've had a heart attack. So that's really, there's, I mean, if I got somebody come in here, if you have a heart, heart attack, you probably want to be on a statin med because it keeps your inflammation low and because you're probably not going to change everything to make it perfect. But on the other side, let's just talk about the things you can do working with your doctor that because if you don't, what we see is next start, thing you know, you're on this medication, a sleep aid, of this aid, and next, it's going to cascade, which it's doing. And again, it's a sixty billion dollar a year industry, but it leads into so many other industries. And that's that's now the next thing you know, I'm on four or five medications, and I don't know, I don't know what hit me. Okay, so we we don't need to go much further on that. Um, what does it do? What is it? Why is it out of balance? What are set meds? Let's talk about knowing and understanding your risk factors because the key is we all get our numbers checked but what are we going to do about it and the real thing is we got to determine the risk and everything we do from a health standpoint or from a health management standpoint should be around how to mitigate that risk well i love that word risk and so one of the things we did and again this is our know your numbers one pager so if you're not familiar with this go to our website and go into the resource tab and you'll see handouts. And one of the handouts is called Know Your Numbers. And all you do is you take this into your doctor and it has cholesterol and glucose and triglycerides and everything else. But there's a lot of things in here, but it's one page. But where you're going right now is how do you understand your risk? The easiest, the two easiest metrics right away is total cholesterol divided by your HDL. So that's cholesterol to HDL ratio. You should know that like the back of your hand. I don't, if my cholesterol is 240, and my HDL is 80, my ratio is three. And for women, you wanna see that number 3.5 or less, and for men, you like to see it 4.5 or less. So now, 
That's very little risk. So your total number matters because we need to total get this rate ratio. But just because you have a total number of 240 what, doesn't mean that it's high risk. Does not mean it's a high risk. So again, you're looking at, you said it really well. Dr. Bland said it really well. Cholesterol is not a disease. It's just a metric you're looking at. So we need to understand the metric. And the metric is total cholesterol, total cholesterol divided by HDL. That's one metric. So, and the other thing is, as medicine starts to progress here, and we're seeing more and more of this, we actually might use cholesterol as a marker for function. Because if you have a good ratio and it's high, there's probably some good things happening. Well, it's the same thing we talk about hematology now with white blood cells and red blood cells. For COVID, that's a great indicator of what's the strength of your hematology report. We just don't understand it. We don't so, know about it. total cholesterol divided by HDL. That gives you your total HDL ratio for women under three and a half, under for males under four and a half. And for women, it's very important to understand it's probably even more critical to have elevated balanced cholesterol as you age. Well, and for me, you know, I'll be 64 in just a few weeks. Awesome. Um, <laughs> the, I want to have higher testosterone levels and stuff. So that goes right in hand in hand with my cholesterol. Okay, what's the other? The other one really is simple, and you don't see this in many blood tests, but it's triglycerides. And you can do this calculation yourself. Yeah, triglycerides divided by your HDL. So for example, if my triglycerides are 150 and my HDL is 50, my ratio is three. So ideally you want that ratio under two. So now if my triglycerides are 100, my HDL is 50, now my ratio is at two. What is that, what is that demonstrating? It demonstrates how well you're eating or what you're drinking. So it's really good. Cholesterol profile generally takes three to four months to start slowly moving. Your triglyceride to HDL ratio can change overnight. And this panel is usually considered a lipid panel. This is a lipid panel we're talking about right now. Yeah, and th these are standard tests and out of so 100 people, 99 people, 99% are gonna have this standard lipid. Yeah, so again, the, we, and in the Know Your Numbers, we just put it in a little block, so it makes it easy for people to talk about and having good dialogue before you go see your doctor. So for male and female, we want that triglyceride HDL ratio under two. Under two, correct. So if I had a guy not too long ago, his ratio comes in, his, his, his cholesterol profile looked okay, but his triglyceride HDL was a, a joke. He was at 300 triglycerides and he was like 50. So he was... Just you know, hasn't hit yet. Yeah. So he... And he was drinking too much. And so it, this didn't show up on his cholesterol profile the way we kind of look normally look at it. But it... So when you put those two markers together, you catch a lot of stuff. Versus just a total number. Even just triglycerides, there's right. a lot of information out there. You really want that triglyceride number closer to under 100. Correct. Because now we're talking about a really fairly clean eater, not putting too much alcohol, too much stress on the Yeah, the because liver. triglycerides are really a mirror. It's like going to see your dental hygienist about flossing. You can't lie about that. That change, And it changes very quickly. So that's why you make it really simple. Those two markers, everybody's getting the, these tests normally. So again, that's a great indicator right away. Uh, how about particle size? It's a newer terminology well again you're going to hear this more and more but again just be more educated if you want to take it down to the rabbit hole a little deeper then they're measuring particle sizes and the fluffier the larger the particle sizes we're talking about hdl um ldl particle sizes those the bigger they are the fluffier they are the more the less risk you have 
So the more dense they become, there's a lot about density of the, 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 the cholesterol particles. So again, now you're going a little bit deeper, but again, we start with those two basic tests, and if you wanna to go to particle size, that's another way to evaluate. And people hear about calcium scores. Calcium scores can care, scare everybody. So you gotta be careful, because they're measuring how much calcification you have in your arteries. Zero to 99 is considered ideal. Again, it's one number we're looking at. So another, another reason why you wouldn't recommend a calcium supplement. Another reason why I wouldn't recommend calcium supplements because it's not what you put in the body, it's what your body can break down and absorb. So again, these are just other ways to measure you know, your risk. And how about uh, platelet stickiness? Well, fibrogenin is, is a way to, so that's why we're such a big fan of cod liver oil because it naturally makes your platelets less sticky. Versus taking some baby aspirin. So taking some baby aspirin that's going to upset gut. my stomach, right? So again, that's another test you can measure the stickiness of your of your platelets, and that's just a risk factor. And again, this is where we you start if you're looking to have better conversation. Again, I'm 35. I want to know these numbers because I do truly believe in this thing called function. How am I functioning? Not just am I? Do I have a disease? I think we're we've been taught to fix things when we're sick. The key is how do we function our best? So, you know, it's interesting. So imagine if you had a financial advisor and you're sitting down and what they're going to go over is your risk and they're going to they're do that first and they're going to talk to you about how to thrive. And they're not going to tell you one thing. They're going to tell you multiple things. So that's what we're doing right here. We're just talking about your risk and how you can thrive. But now you need a little, if you, had a, if you have some of this conversation with your doctor, now it's a lot fair, I tell it to health professionals that you're a little bit more prepared, but we start with those two basic tests, total cholesterol, HDL, and triglycerides. And then if you want to march down particle size, calcium score, platelet levels, those are other ways to take a look at your risk. And so we talk about cholesterol today. These are your lipids. There's two other tests that are critical in a blood work that are going to determine more of the risk. And we like to say, just knowing your lipid profile is only 33% of your risk factor for heart disease, cancer, and other challenges. So what are those other two markers that most people have never heard of? So again, when we do our virtual or live events, we always ask the question about medical illiteracy because there, it is out there. We just don't know this stuff. We're not taught that. But one of them is ho called homocysteine. And what homocysteine measures, again, it's on your Know Your Numbers handout, but homocysteine measures how much oxidation you have. That's the rust. So if you bite into an apple, it starts turning brown. That's internal oxidation. And again, it's a big risk factor for having heart heart. And isn't issues. that one of the keys to blocking your arteries is when you have that oxidation, that oxidative yeah, stress? Yeah, it's not the cholesterol that's killing people. It's the oxidation. It's the cholesterol coming in to try to heal. Correct. Gets... Here, here it comes. Got this all this oxidation. And they call the homocysteine. Uh, the silent killer. Why do they call that? Well, because you're you might have a great cholesterol profile. Again, sixty-five percent of people have normal uh, cholesterol. I have heart issues. That's why they call it. Because I'm like, hey, my cholesterol looks great. How did I have a heart attack? Well, you had lots of oxidation. You have a Twenty-five homocysteine, and you have that internal rust. So back to the rust. Um, the best way to improve that. And again, we'll talk about improving these in a minute, but. If you have lots of oxidation going on, you, you take carbohydrates out of your diet, you have too much acid in your diet, 
oxidation levels go up. So many times when I've seen somebody on some of these diets out there, they're cutting fruits out of their diet, they're cutting ancient grains out of their diet, they're cutting these things out, and when increases oxid uh, acid levels, it increases oxidation. And the next thing you know, what, what you just said, they're homocysteine's three or four so times higher So what macronutrient is the key? So there's three macronutrients, carbs, proteins, and fats. Which macronutrient contains antioxidants? So when you go back to cholesterol, the number one macronutrient for improving cholesterol profile is fats. The number one macronutrient to help you lower your homocysteine is carbohydrates. Well, so every news media influencer talks about cutting out carbohydrates. Well, if you cut out carbohydrates, you cannot have good gut health, which leads into problems sleeping and relaxing and high levels of oxidation. And the source of antioxidants, which are required because we all have oxidation, oxidative stress happening, is from carbohydrates. Correct. So again, we're, this isn't the conversation today, but people don't really understand what a carbohydrate is, but it's, it's a vegetable, it's a fruit. Fruits are natural alkalizing. Fruits are natural detoxifying. So if I'm cutting fruit out of my diet, I'm probably, and again, anything antioxidants, anything colorful. So we could spend a whole session on homocysteine, but homocysteine is so is important here. And here's why, and again, this is the practical piece. You're going to have to be your own health advocate. I can't tell you how many people I've worked with who are scared to death because they've had the statin conversation. Their cholesterol is creeping up to like 201. Next thing you know, they're about to fall <laughs> off a, a mountain. Then I say, well, you need, you need more facts. Need more more information. More here. information. Because it's all about risk. And so at, at 35 years old, if I don't have a broken leg, I'm not really that worried about my numbers. But I do worry about my optimization. So this is an elective test. And the reason it's elective is there's no prescription for it. But without knowing that, we don't know our oxidation level. And without knowing our oxidation level, we don't really know our full And the risk. number one way to lower... Um homocysteine is colorful fruits and vegetables and folate which is you know chlorophyll so, real food real food so back to many carbohydrates if you're Good not carbohydrates if you're taking these carbohydrates out of the diet which we've seen over and over and over oxidation levels or homocysteine goes up and now my risk for having a heart attack starts to skyrocket okay so then the third marker that's really important that's connected to this cholesterol is what well, the other one is called highly sensitive C-reactive protein. That's an inflammation marker. So back to the inflammation. So again, big thing that helps lower inflammation is healthy fats, getting enough sleep, you know, eating correctly. The list goes on. So again, that's another marker. So And so one of the reasons why that statin medication works is it's really lowering that inflammation, which is correct. that CRP. But if we can understand that if, oh my gosh, my cholesterol is, looks okay, but we have these two markers that we've never heard of that are high. That might mean you're actually at high risk, and that's where that 65 to 70 percent of heart attacks. Yeah, and then the, then the other thing too, you get into you know the breathing because if you're breathing correctly and slowing it down, relaxing the body, you have less stress, and if you're sleeping better, these are all components. But the point of our conversation is to cholesterol today, and uh, you know again we have to understand our risk before anybody puts you on a medication. So now we're gonna talk about what can you do to improve it, um, again, at any age. I, I just wanna stress that, that's why I'm passionate about it. I think cholesterol should be taught um, at a much younger age. I think most of us hear from either our parents or our grandparents that you know, 
or my cholesterol is high, I'm on a statin medication. Um, there's a lot of people that I believe are on statin medications have no idea why or how or what. Um, so we got to get ahead of the game and it is harder than ever to find a doctor that we really can, can be a partnership. So this is an early on conversation, but after we determine risk, and that's the part of this conversation, what are some ways to improve this cholesterol profile? So should just step back just for a second. So you, you hit something there about your doctor, but again, if you start having really good dialogue, you're more prepared, more educated, have a better conversation, no different than having a conversation with your financial advisor, you're gonna get better conversations, better outcomes. And then if your health professional's not interested in having this dialogue, then it's time to Fire. find another another health professional. So that's where you begin. But how do you start it? Well, I think the first thing I have everybody do, again, having that awareness piece, is understanding your risk. So number one is understanding your risk. They know about the homocysteine, they know about the CRP. We talk about how much sleep they're getting, but I'm, I want them to understand their risk. Because the more they understand it, then the more they're gonna buy into the process. And then from there we go to omega-3 fats. And so omega-3 fats, the cod liver oil, which is high in vitamin D3 naturally, the flax seeds, the chia seeds. So now we pr start putting that into a place where they're bringing it into their diet every day. So those are anti-inflammatory, anti-coagulant. They also uh, support the pathway for your sterols. Correct. Steroidal So they're not pathway. doing one thing. They're doing lots of things, including brain health. So it's a natural anti-inflammatory, good for your hormones, decreases the stickiness in your vessels. It's I giving mean, the raw material for the cholesterol to do its job a lot easier. Correct. Yep, correct. Uh, hydration. So again, anytime you're dehydrated, your body's going to be more acidic, which creates more inflammation, which creates an imbalance of your cholesterol. So again, as simple as it sounds, many most people, I would say, are dehydrated. They're not drinking a minimum of 50 ounces of water a day. That's the minimum. So that's, again, some of these basic things. I had a guy not too long ago. I didn't overwhelm him. I'm saying, hey, why aren't you doing the cod liver oil? I want you to work on your breathing, and I want you to make sure you're hydrated. And he goes, that's all? I go, you're not doing any of those three. Let's start with those three. Yeah, we got to get one thing right before we do 10. Correct. Get it right. Uh, vitamin C, I got this magazine in front of me. I think everyone's heard of vitamin C, uh, immune support, powerful antioxidant. Where does it play a role in cholesterol? Well, you just said immune support. So again, helps absorption of vitamin uh, D. So uh, there's a lots of benefits of vitamin C. Cancer prevention list goes on. And again, we're start doing more citrus. So, so I don't get my vitamin C. So that's the key. So we're talking vitamin C, but it also depends on how, and it's not in a powder. Not in a powder, not in a pill. Just eat Real an orange, food. eat some fruit. You know, don't cut fruit out of your diet. Because if you're cutting fruit out of your diet, you're gonna have a low vitamin C. Well, I'm I'm taking vitamin C supplements. We got to get out of the mentality, back to the source. And Synthet that's where synthetic is never gonna be absorbed. And right. absorbability is the key if we're trying to go after the source of. And then you're getting other things too. You're getting the fiber, and you're getting the hydration. You're getting all the benefits. And the body, as you said at the right at the beginning, the body knows what to do with it. And that's what we got to get away from. Like get out of isolation. The body knows what to do with it. So just eat some, some real fruits like lemons and put lemon in your water and eat an orange here and there. I remember the commercial for um, Cheerios was it helps to lower cholesterol. So the next one is ancient grains. Um, 
Yes. Obviously, ancient grains are not Oreo or Cheerios, but um, <laughs> what's the power of ancient grains? So again, you got the fiber, you got all the benefits of the ancient grains, gut health, supports the immune system, natural uh, prebiotics. So again, amazing things to help gut health. But again, we're talking about the real deal. And oatmeal. I think the big thing with cholesterol is we got to think of inflammation. They're, that's Correct. very connected because cholesterol is going to help when there's an inf inflammation. Yeah, so. so if you really go to the root cause, what we're going back to is let's get the body to, to have all the raw materials it needs to perform in its best and then cholesterol will naturally uh, do, do what it's supposed to do. But that's the benefit of ancient grains, whether it's teff or amaranth or especially oatmeal. It's an easy way to bring you improve your cholesterol profile. So those those couple things there are kind of the keys to start. We got to start there. Really, I mean, our track record it works a lot of the time. Um, I'm I not tell gonna say 100 every time, 100, percent but it works every time. And then <laughs> if you're you, willing to change. And then you're starting to think about superfoods. And superfoods are anything in the center of the target. If you don't have a target, that's uh, you know any food. In its whole food state, you got different colors. You got things like spirulina chlorella we talk about in the wheatgrass, but it could be sweet potatoes, it could be an orange, it could be a blueberry, but all these foods help to give the body the raw material. And then daily movement. What does movement have anything to do with um, cholesterol? Well, one of the things we, we don't quite understand is that how stress can have you, cause you a heart attack, and it can. So you gotta look at what does that do? Well, my hormones, I mean, think about it. It's the fight or flight response and, you know, stress is kind of 80, 90% of all diseases. So it, we're talking about anxiety today and mental health and all the stuff that goes with that. But the greatest benefit of moving your body is what it does for your mind. And it can help calm the mind, calm the body. Lower stress. Lower stress. And so helps your immune system support. Uh, again, back to your arteries, you're trying to create, your, you know, you're getting more cardiovascular strength more elasticity in the vessels themselves. So there's so many wonderful benefits without pinpointing just one thing. But we all know the number one benefit of moving the body, it does everything, Lots of, it's a magic pill, but it's what it does for the mind. And then sunlight, getting natural vitamin D3. I talked about, it's gonna, your cholesterol is gonna ebb and flow, your hormones are gonna ebb and flow, especially in these where we have different seasons. Um, and even in places where there's an abundant sun because we're inside so well, much. Well, and the other two, if you're, if you're moving regularly and you're getting, especially morning sunlight, you're probably going to sleep better. And if you're sleeping better, we all know that a decreased risk of having a heart attack is directly related to lack of sleep. So again, it's going to improve your sleep. So they all kind of pile on each other without getting crazy. And like, this is the one prescription of only to improve your, but it all improves everything. So let's, as we wrap up here, um, let's just say I'm somebody and I'm, scared of what my cholesterol is or I want to improve it or I want to optimize it. What's the kind of the process here of working with your doctor? So step one is to be a little bit more educated. So again, you're, you're listening to this podcast today. Get to know your number get sheet. Get to know your sheet. Go to the website. Um, new book coming out end of November. It's going to go into the weeds on some of this stuff called Rest, Eat, Move. But the key is, is understanding what your risk is and get these numbers first. So you got to understand what they are and then, then you start looking at what, if they're out of balance or where you're at, where is your risk? And then from there, you slowly 
start taking one thing at a time, the water, the vitamin C, the omega-3 fats. You just start taking march. action. Taking action. Yep, you're starting changing to take some of your mm -hmm. habits. So don't wait to talk to the doctor. Nope. Start doing those yep. things. And so one of the things I say, if, for example, if you're on 20 milligrams of a statin med or 40 milligrams or whatever, don't change it. Don't mess with your medications. We're not your doctor. We need to develop this process. So we develop this plan. And when you start developing the plan, then you go to your doctor and say, okay, here's the deal. My cholesterol's here. It's normal with my statin medication. I'd like to cut my dose down. And then you say to your doctor, like, I'm coming back in three months. And if this doesn't change, but that's how I've gotten people off their statin And, and you're saying, I'm actually taking some steps, moving more, exercising nutrition, and, and telling them that, um, you know, I'd like to lower the dosage and I want you to monitor what do my numbers need to be. Make At that time, you might say, and now I need to get my homocysteine CRP because if those start to show that those are moving in a good direction. Yeah, so if your CRP is, so is better, your homocysteine's better, you're breathing better, you're moving regularly, you're drinking more water. You can kind of see how now, because the, the doctor's just trying to protect you. Yep. And so, risk, back to risk. So that's the thing is now, now you're working together as a team and I think people get excited about that. And I like what you said earlier. Now you're looking at maybe thriving versus just surviving. And so maybe we start by cutting the dose or maybe, um, you, know, you know, talking about what we can do that kind of slow progression. And it takes about three to six months to get these numbers really to start to self-correct. And remember how long it took for the body to get out of balance. Yeah, so if you're on a 20 milligrams of a, a statin med, generally that would take you less than six months to get off that working with your doctor. You, but you got to get in the game. So it's not fair. you know. So again, look at your homocysteine, look at all your cholesterol profile, go back in, this is where I'm at today. And then that's how it goes. Then they... You know, then the docs are going to cut you to 10 milligrams and maybe it's five and then you're done. But nobody ever wants to jump off a of medication. And uh, you definitely want to, if you're on a statin medication, you want to take some coenzyme Q10 because you're naturally blocking that. It's one of the most powerful antioxidants for the heart. Yeah, if you change nothing today and you're not getting off your medication, make sure you're getting CoQ10 at your local health food and store. And if you're not on a statin medication, you naturally produce coenzyme Q10. No need to Correct. take it. So it's only for people on the statin. And then the other thing is making sure that you know your testosterone, male and female, because that's going to tell you a lot more on top of this uh, of really how you're functioning. And again, back to thriving. We're not really talking about hematology in this one report here, but this is a one-pager that covers lots of ground. So as we wrap up cholesterol, what does it do? One, I think it's... Uh essential i know it's essential and i believe it's amazing i think you do too um, and it does so many things for us and i think we're starting to come out of this old school mindset that cholesterol is bad um, but i think one of the things that we have to all do is we have to start thinking i'm my own health advocate and the numbers aren't the really the the issue it's the habits it's the behavior change and those are the things you can control. In offense. So let's start playing a little more offense. This is our conversation on cholesterol. We'll have more conversations. And until next time, we'll see you again soon.